All right, Rabotai, welcome. We come here on Erev Shabbat, and we study uh, the parasha. Time is short. Although it is a long parasha, and I have to tell you from the onset, I know a lot of guys, they came this morning because they said it's a very interesting parasha. The sequel of last week's parasha with the the Znut, and you got the Zimri, and you have Cosby, uh, and you got a lot of, you know, PG-13 material. And then the people come along and say it's going to be a, you know, it's going to be an exciting item. It's not Mary Poppins today. This is good stuff. Uh, however, I feel that uh, the Perasha, should, we should not neglect the end of the Perasha. A lot of stuff at the end of the Perasha that's, not as, uh, what should I say, dramatic or exciting, as juicy as the beginning of the parasha that everybody wants to talk about. But I'm going to take the, uh, the freedom of speech that I have, and I'm going to apply it towards the end of the parasha. And, uh, you know, I'm sure others over the Shabbat will talk about Pinehas and Zimri and Kozbi and all that good stuff. Even I intend to talk about it tomorrow morning. In the uh, the Shabbat morning class, and I intend also to reveal a great hadush what I think on that. But today we're going to get into more uh, detailed stuff, technical stuff. So again, uh, I'm buyer beware. If you came to hear about this note, and if you came about to hear Cosby, you know. I'm not offended, you can pick up yourself, walk out, this class is downstairs, this class is down the hall, and they're probably, uh, they're going to be more interesting than where we're going to talk about, but we're going to talk about technical stuff, but at least we're going to study the perasha, uh, be'iyun. Yeah, that's just a, you know, a disclaimer. <coughs> Parashat Pinehas is also known as Parashat Korbanot. I mean, you have over here, a uh, detail of all the korbanot that are brought on all the holidays. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, uh, a lot of Parashat Pinehas is read on the holidays. The laws of the korbanot of uh, Sukkot, <coughs> the korbanot of uh, Hagamatzot, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Shavuot. So all the korbanot are actually written in Parashat Pinehas. And the question is, I wouldn't have guessed it. If you were to ask me, you know, where are we going to talk about Korbanot and which of the five books? So my guess would have been Vayikra. I mean, Vayikra is the book of the Korbanot. Torah uh, Kohanim. You want to tell me uh, Shemot, I would have accepted. Because Shemot, we talked about the building of the Mishkan. So you want to tell me about the Korbanot. But Parashat Pinehas, we're in the book of Bamidbar, by the way. And everybody knows what Bamidbar means. Bamidbar means numbers. Bamidbar does not mean numbers. But that's Deuteronomy. Bamidbar means the desert. But we call it the book of numbers because that's what the Hachamim refer to it as the Sefer of Pekudim. Why is it called the book of numbers? Because in almost every single parasha, there's a census. Including this week's parasha the fourth time we're counting the Jewish people. 
in one book. So the, the, the book of Numbers is correct, but it's not the book of sacrifice. So why all of a sudden in Parashat Pinehas does the Torah decide now to give us a listing of all the korbanot that have been brought on the uh, Hagim? That's a, it's a basic, basic elementary question. What is it doing here? You know, tomorrow, when you're going to hear them read about all the korbanot, it should, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, pique your curiosity. And you should say to yourself, wait, why are we reading it now? So that's the Ramban's question, by the way. The Ramban says, because in this perasha we talk about the division of the land of Israel. Right? The perasha right before this was, we talked about how the tribes uh, are going to go through a lottery uh, system, and the lottery is going to decide which tribe gets which uh, uh, portion, and it's going to be divided amongst the Shivatim. So now we're starting to get close to the border of Israel, and we're getting to, into the real estate business over here of how we divide the land. Oh, so we're talking about the Ares. So therefore, oh, what comes with the Ares? Korbanot. So he says, Ki midbar lo hekribu ha-musafin. Aha. That is a redush. That they did not bring the Korban Musaf in the midbar. Ramban doesn't tell us why. So therefore, now we got to rehash all the korbanot because we got to tell you the musafi now. Till now, korban musaf wasn't relevant, Ramban says, because they didn't bring korban musaf. But now that we just divided the land, and now already we're on the cusp of going into Eretz Israel, we got to come and tell you about the korban musafin that I brought on all the hagim. And furthermore, he says, They didn't bring nesachim either, the wine libations in the midbar, and therefore he says, Ba'akshav Hayav Ba'ehaaris La'asot Shab Hakol. Now they're going to have to do everything, including the Musafin and the Menachot and the Skehem. And therefore, right after the Perashah that talks about the divi of the land, the Torah says, No, now you're coming into the land. Don't forget to bring the Korban Musafin that you haven't brought all these years in the Midbar. That's Shitat Haramban. Again, I don't come to answer today why they didn't bring Korban Musaf uh, in the Midbar. Uh, you know, but, so maybe, uh, maybe it needs more Kiddushah, maybe Korban Musaf is on a higher level. I'll leave that to our members uh, to come back and uh, give us uh, their theories why they didn't bring Korban Musaf. I didn't come to reconcile that issue. But then the Ramban asks on what he just said. And the Ramban says, but wait, if you're telling me the whole reason why we have Parashat Korbanot in Parashat Pinehas is why? Because of Musafin. That were not brought. But look at how the Parashat the Korbanot begins by the Be'er Adonai Moshe Lemor, chapter 28. Sa'avit b'nei Yisrael v'amarta alehem et korbani l'achmi le'ishai says I just told you it's because of the stuff that we didn't bring in the midbar. And clearly, 
they brought korban tamid in the midbar. That's why it's called the korban tamid. It's the constant daily korban. So I have no problem. You want to tell me the musafin? Well, why does the Torah come along and tell me the the korban tamid? What's the purpose of the korban tamid in Parashat Pinehas? Uh, Evanta. Uh, so the Ramban comes along and says, "Ve'hel kan min tamid," and it started from the tamid. He says, hold it. It's not like we didn't know this Korban. Yeah, we know this Korban existed because if you go to Parashat Tetzaveh, you'll see we talked about it. So it's not like you had to tell me something that we didn't know about. Maybe I can answer you simply. You know what's something about the Korban Tamid? Because we never talked about it. So maybe you have to tell me about the Korban Tamid just to tell me that you got to be Korban Tamid. He says, well, you forgot. We have, you have a uh, homage there? Yeah, right. If you look at the end of Parashat Tetzaveh, what does it say at the end of Tetzaveh? Those are winter parashiyot. In the Parashat of Tetzaveh. Why the Haftarah? Where did you get the Haftarah from? Look at Shishi. Tetzaveh tells us to build the Mizbeah. And after it tells us to build the Mizbeah, it says, V'zeh asher ta'aseh, kevasim b'neshana, shenayim nayom tamid. Et ha-keves ha'at ta'aseh b'avayahat z'avokeh, v'et ha-keves ha-sheni ta'aseh b'na'arvayim. It's exactly word for word. So the Rabban saying, if it's to come and tell me that you have to be a korban tamid, I know that already with Barajat, Tetzaveh. So what's the purpose? So he comes along and he says, Now you're not going to like this, Natan, this answer, but it's the Ramban. <laughs> Ramban says, listen, we want to consolidate everything in one parasha. We, we know we told it to you already, but once you're ready, I'm giving you all the musafim, all the other stuff. So I'm not going to leave one out. I'm going to put it all together again. So you, you can't ask me, you know, why would you write it again? Uh, Torah writes it again to put it all together. So, again. But, uh, Basically covering all the Korban that were brought on that Yom Tov. And all these holidays also brought Korban Tamid. So therefore, but, don't ask me. We know it. We know we know it already. But you know what? That's the Ramban. Now, I'm sure all our members over here they learned parasha with Rashi. So you would have known that Rashi actually asked the exact same question that the Rabban asks. It's not a, not a, it's not be a hadush to this question. That she in Pasuk Dalit over here, where he says, that's question. So what does she say? She says, what are you talking? Go back to Parashat Tetzaveh and then come back to me. When you go back to Parashat Tetzaveh, you definitely see that the Torah mentions the daily Korban. But when? When were we talking? 
Over there we were talking about in the inauguration. They were inaugurating the Mishkan at that time. Parashat Tirumat is when they built it. So when they're building it, the Torah is coming along to say, at that time of the construction of the Mishkan, you're going to have inauguration days. And, and on those days of inauguration, I want you to bring a kevis in the morning and the kevis in the afternoon. But we have no idea if this is going to be a, a, a korban for the Dorot. How do you know that this is supposed to be post Miluim? Oh, so that's why you have Parashat uh, Pinahas to come along and say, yes, that what I told you to submit to do during the Miluim should be also done forever. Lidorot. A fantastic answer the way that she is dealing with this question. It's talking about two different periods. Parashat Tetzavet is talking about during the seven days of Minu'im. Okay. And by the way, there was a lot of stuff that happened. Moshe Rabbeinu actually was the Kohen during those seven days. There were rules. But just because she brought it during the seven days of Minu'im, how do I know that this is a korban for the generations? Ayin Sham and Parashat Pinehas, different item. Now that I'm banned, by the way, the Ramban over here brings Rashi down. The Rashi Katav, he hayta azara limeham miluim. Vekan siba lidorot. Respect, Rashi. The Ramban brings down Rashi. Now the question is, does the Ramban agree to shitat Rashi or not? I'm going to read you the opinion of the Ramban, and you'll tell me if he agrees or not. He says two words. nachon. Wow. <laughs> the Ramban is not so diplomatic in this case over here. <laughs> he says with all due respect, you know, he's not right. He's not right. You know why he's not right, says the Ramban? Because open up. Oh, wait, where's the Hamash again? Why do you keep on taking it away? <laughs> so now, okay. if you go to Parashat Tetzaveh, after it says, now most uh most times when uh you go to a class they leave you with the question on Rashi. We're not going to do that here. We have to defend uh, Rashi. That's a good question. Now, how are you going to get out of it? You need to be Houdini to get out of this one because it's really a, it's a strong question. But the Mifarshid Rashi, they felt that uh, you know, the Ramban's question wasn't uh, such a good question. You know, Rashi can get out of this one without even having to do any, you know, no, no abracadabra necessary. You can get out of this. It's an easy card trick to get out of this one. How are you going to get out of it? The question is like this. Was the Mishkan the only inauguration in history? Was that the only temple that we ever inaugurated? 
Or were there other inaugurations in history? There definitely was. There was, by the way, uh, Mishkan Shiloh. And then we had uh, all the other Mishkans and the other places, Ayin Sham. And then we had Bayit Rishon. We had Bayit Shini. Even in Bayit Shini, we had inaugurations after the Vanim. There was a lot of times where we restarted the inauguration of the... And therefore, the Torah is coming to tell us that yes, that whenever you're going to make an inauguration, the Dorotechem, in inaugurations, you've got to bring Korban That's all it's coming to tell you. The Dorotechem is on Miluims. On few, not only on this Miluim, but on future Miluim, the Dorotechem. Huh? No, 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 over there it says, over there in, in, uh, in uh, there. where's Hamash again back? He's not taking Hamash. Over here it says, over there the is, no, it doesn't say every day. It doesn't say every day over there. Although it's calling it a tamid. It could be it's calling it a tamid ala atid. Because the Torah knows what it's going to say la atid. But at this point, it's only for the inauguration. But so, so for the answer, that she's very good. That you would have thought that what? That maybe when the Mishkan was inaugurated, that's when you have to bring these two kurbanot. For the seven days. But how do I know when you inaugurate the first bit of Mikdash? But I still don't know every day. How do I know every day? I am Shab Parashat Pinehas. You follow me so far? You gave us. So that's, so that's, that's a beautiful explanation. Based on this comes a great rabbi called Rabbi Haskel Landau. Rabbi Haskel Landau was the rabbi called the Noda Bihuda. Great rabbi from Prague. And he writes, in one of his Teshuvot, he cites a Gemara in Megillah. The Gemara in Megillah is a beauty. On page 28. Listen to the Gemara over here. This Gemara is talking about many rabbis that lived long lives. And they, you know, they have longevity. And when you see somebody has a long life, so you really should ask them, what do you credit your longevity to? Because you can learn something from, uh, from that. Take advantage. So therefore the Gemara says, there was a great rabbi called Rabbi Akiva, and he saw Rabbi Nehonyah Gadol, and Rabbi Nehonyah Gadol lived, you know, he was advanced in his, in his years. So he asked them, Gemara Megillah Chavchet, what do, you, what do you credit your longevity to? Now, this question, you know, could be taken, you know, in two ways. I mean, uh, uh, you know, if, if, if you go to an old lady on East 3rd Street between S and T and you knock on the door and say, you know, uh, you know how old are you? That means, you're, when, are you gonna, when are you going to croak already so I can buy a house? So that question already is uh, it's a sinister question. You know, you're not asking how old, you're asking you like, you know, uh, you know when are you going to die? As, as, as if, enough, enough already. How old are you? We had enough of you already. Give somebody else a chance. Give somebody else a chance. So, uh, so when he asked, now clearly Rabbi Akiva didn't have negative intention, but the students of Rabbi Nehunya, when they heard this, uh, 
this rabbi, I guess he wasn't so famous at the time. So when he comes along and says, they thought that it was a personal affront to their rabbi, so they're going to defend their rabbi now. So what do they do? Atu Gavze. Gavze is the, the, uh, the, the attendants, we'll call it, of Rabbi Nehonia. And they started to hit him. Too long? You want, you want to take his job? Now, God's so serious, the Gemara says, Salik Yativ Dikla, that the Mi'akiva had to run and climb up a tree. They were chasing him. So now the Mi'akiva is perched in a palm tree, and now you got the guys over there, down there, and it's a matter of time until the guys come down. He's got to pray Minha, whatever, so they're going to wait down there until he comes down. So now he's up there in the tree, and uh, they tell you, hey, careful, you're going to come down, we're going to beat you up over there. Mehotzaf, you talk to the rabbi like that. In the old days, they, the students defended the rabbi. The guy was wise enough to the rabbi. Not like today. That guy says something against the rabbi, they all laugh. They pile on. They pile on. So now, the Gebarah said, so now the Bi'akiba has got to prove himself that he's a Tamir Hakam. That Ibn Hunyaz down there. So he's got to show him, you know, I got credentials. I'm not just I'm a guy. I'm, uh, I'm part of the uh, rabbinical council over here. So how do you prove that? So you ask a question. Now, by asking a, a good question, then Nabi Nuhayah is going to say, no, leave him alone, he's okay, he's one of us. You know, he's part of, the, part of the clergy. So what's the question he asked? Now you think he's going to ask him some, some question from the Idirazuta uh, or the Idirarabba, you know, from one of the uh, uh, Kabbalistic uh, places. Man, he asked him a different question. Amar there, Rabbi. Im ne'emar keves, lamma ne'emar ehad. Says the pasuk, eta keves ehad. Well, keves is how much? One. So what does the pasuk have to say? Keves ehad. Keves automatically means one. That's the bomb that he sent from the, uh, from the tree. Amar so the Rebidu Hanya, it seems, was impressed. So he says, Tsurma mirabbananhu. And that Tamir Hakam, this guy. Shefkuhu. Leave him alone. Let him down. So they brought, they brought him down from the tree. Uh, called the fire department. They, they, called they bring him down from the, uh, from the tree. And then he answers the question. It means, when it says Echad, it's not referring to the numerical number one. But Ehad means from the Lashon Meyuhad. The best. That means when you bring the Korban, don't bring, you know, the, the grade, uh, grade C. Uh, uh, bring the choice one. Meyuhad, Shabbat, Etakebis. It's as if the person is saying, Etakebis, Hamiyuhad. Kebis, Ehad, Piruch. Etakebis, Hamiyuhad. Very good. No, Dabiyudad comes along and says, hold it. I mean, this question could be asked by a kindergarten uh, student. Why does this show the, the, the brilliance of the rabbi that was in the tree? I mean, is it a question? Definitely. But is it a... You know, if you're trying to impress... So ask him a question from Tosafot, come to the back of the book, you know, love this, this way, that way. You know, and Rabbi Akiva, it seems that they didn't, without the use of thumbs, he asked him a very elementary, simple, pshat question. 
that any balabayit would ask their rabbi on the way out of shul, give us the By the way, if someone would ask me that question, am I going to make an announcement from the pulpit? He's one of us. Let him sit on the stage. I tell him he was amaris before he asked the question. He's amaris after he asked the question. Keep him where he is. But here, but here, then we have his credentials. Yeah, but you're right. But, so, but this social credentials? What's the credentials? A simple question. It's out of big question. Now, Rashi over here, Rashi over here does something. Rashi in, 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 uh, in Gemara. She says, I don't know exactly what he's doing, but it says, In the Emar Keves, right? Lama ne Emar Ehad. Now, me and you know what Pasuk is talking about. It's the Pasuk by the Kurban Tarik. <laughs> but just in case you didn't know, Rashi says, Eta Keves Ehad Ta'aseba Boker. Because I, I didn't realize where the question was coming from. What, what is that she? Everybody knows the question. It's like every, say this practically every single day. It's, it's not like a pasuk in, uh, you know, in Devreha uh, Yamin Bet that I'm not familiar with, that I need that she there source for me. He said, That means what? It's, obviously, he says, It's a So she gives me the whole pasuk. Says the Nodabi Uda. Which pasuk did Rashi quote over here? We have two pasukim after all on the kebesehat But there's a difference between them. Because if you look at... Here we go again. The guy takes the whole question. It, it says over here in Tetzaveh, etakebes ha'ehad ta'asebaboker. Here in Tetzaveh it says ha'ehad. In Pinehas it says etakebes Ehad. And as she says, which person was he asking from? Etakebes Ehad. So he's asking from Pinehas. Says the Nodabi Yehuda. Says, ah, this guy's a Tamir Hakan. He didn't ask me from, from Tetzaveh, because that's only during the Beluim. He asked me, Ledorot. He's a Chap. He knew what he was doing. That's the Chap of here. That he knew not to ask me. If he would have asked me, if the kibbutz ha'ichad, keep him in the tree with the coconuts, keep him in the tree with, with, with the palms. But now that he asked, the kibbutz ha'ichad, he knows there's a difference. He knows there's a difference between what it says over there, what it says over there. He's asking me, Lidoro. That's a question. We might have a hava. What happened, happened. But that's a good question. Well, why does that have to say it to give us a hand? Obviously, he knew that there was a difference between the two parashiyot, and that's the way the Udavi Udav says, Rabbi Rochayag, I don't know that he would say, uh, and that's the way she's coming to tell you over here. That's why she's going out of his way to tell you, Pinehas question, not that Okay, that's not that. Nice little, 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 little tidbit over there. But the Udavi Udav Uda himself, has a different mahalach in this. He has a totally different mahalach. If you want, I'll, I'll, I'll give it over to you without, without any extra charge. What did know By the way, just stop. What was the reason why he said he had long life? Just to go back to this Gemara. You can't leave that out. What's the reason why he ended up saying he had long life? So, not green tea. <laughs> not green tea. Today, ask a guy to walk because I have uh, green tea. And I don't eat... Uh, I don't eat... Uh, uh, not fried food, uh, gluten. gluten. So today, after the Yitzhak the Satan, gluten became the next uh, enemy of the of Gluten. Since when did gluten become the enemy of Gleisner? Gluten, we've been eating gluten for 100 years now. 
all of a sudden not gluten free, as if it was such a unbelievable. People are crazy. They make a lot of money, right? Buddy, I understand, but what happened? When did gluten become the, the criminal of, uh, of society? We've been eating bread for hundreds of years. No, no, no. So we decided. It's not good. Okay, it's not good. You coconut water. So Gebara says, Plastic <laughs> I never accepted matanot. And the Pasuk says, matanot So I don't accept anything. I'm independent. I don't accept gifts from anybody. Baruch used to tell us there was one rabbi who always would accept matanot. So they told him, but the pasuk says, Besone matanot yichye. He says, no, who told you you're reading it right? You have to read it. Besone matanot yichye? There's a question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who told you it's a period? <laughs> he said, my, my book doesn't have nikludot. <laughs> he says, Velo amati, and the Ashkenazim said, they say, Veshayna, Veshayna matanot. Shayna is good. Veshayna matanas, when you get good matanas, yeah, yeah, that's the way they say it. Velo amati al middotai. Amati al middotai, I wasn't a stickler, I didn't stand on ceremony. Uh, somebody disrespected me, uh, leave the guy go. And vatran be mamuni ayiti. And I, you know, I was easy with my money, you know, I wasn't a stickler with that also. And that's why he says why, why he lived alone. Okay, but the Nodabi Uda over here has a different mahalach. What's the Malach of the Nodav Yehuda? He says like this. That we know a general rule that whenever you're involved in inauguration, whenever you're involved in inauguration, you got to do it right. At the foundation level of things, you don't compromise. Although maybe... Later on in the, in the process, you can get away with doing things and you know, second best. But in an inauguration, that's the famous Hadush Hanukkah. Why in Hanukkah, they went to find Shemin Zayedzach, special oil. We know that you could use non-pure oil if the majority of the Shibud is Tamen. You're right, but this was Hanukkah Tamizbeah. This was an inauguration, and there is no room for... You know, for, 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 for compromise. When you're starting something from scratch, you got to do it 100% right. That's, we know that cloud already. It's a, it's a very, very, very famous cloud. There's a difference between doing something that's already in motion or doing something for the first time. So says the Rav. Over here in Parashat Tetzaveh, you're right, we're talking about the Miluim, like Rashi said. And then he says... And you know what? He doesn't learn like those other rabbis. He says, and when it says Lidorotechem, it means what? And bring the Korban Tamid not only as an inauguration, but bring it Lidorotechem. And bring it with all its laws, with all its laws, wherever the laws of Tamid are, Lidorotechem. But however, he says, I wouldn't have thought that you have to use the choice one. Because that's only an inauguration item. Once I'm bringing it already every day, it's not an inauguration. So how do I know that even Lidorot, I need to bring choice? That's what Pinehas is coming to tell us. It means it's more smoother. Which means, Lidorotechem is Lidorotechem. Meaning, bring the Tamid during the Meluim and bring it Lidorotechem 
Fab and follow all the laws. But there's one law that I might have said doesn't apply Lidorot, and that is choice. And that's why we need Parashat Pinehas, like Rabbi Nehunyah Kana said, yeah, even when you're bringing it later on, it's got to be choice. And that's the Hadusha Parashat Pinehas. But here's the cherry on the cake. <laughs> Says Nodabi Yehuda, how do I know I'm right? How do I know I'm right? He says, because Rashi was bothered. Why is the Torah repeating Korban Tamid and Pinahas? We know it from Tetzaveh. Now, when should Rashi have jumped and made this comment? In Pasuk Aleph. In Pasuk Aleph, when it starts off. By the bed of the wine, Moshe, the more Sabbath, B'nai Yisrael, Korbani, Lachmid. Hey, Rashi said, hey, we know this already. Rashi doesn't open his mouth until Pasuk 4. Now that she says, hey, we know this already. And what is he saying we know already? We know me you had already. He's specifically jumping on that part of the, the, the pasuk. He's saying, hey, we know what does it teach me? Me you had. Me you had, we know already from. No, it's, I would have thought that me you had is only needed in. Inauguration, that's why we, I, we come to the... So that when you see how spectacular that even the placement of where she asked this question is telling us what his question was. It's like a glass. Finally, we got you as Haskamas. That's a big thing for the dancer, by the way. It's like a glove. Usually it says, it's like an old shoe. But over here, it says, it's like a glove. So you see over here, it's beautiful. So that's, that's the W that's uh, Mahalach. Okay, now let's go, let's go one step further. I saw brought down, once already we're talking about the Qurban Tamid, one more tidbit on Qurban Tamid. Elliot, we're not going to mention Zimri, so that's it. It's over. I know you're waiting. You're looking at your watch. It's not going to be mentioned today. Tomorrow. 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 Book it out. I'm just saying. You're still saying. You're looking at your watch. It's not mentioning it. I'm telling you. Book it out. There's a thing about a discount. But now we said like this. We said like this. I wasn't sleeping. There's a mahlokin in the Gemara. Who established the tefillot? Or what are the... To what does the tefillot correspond? So the Gemara says either tefillot avot tekenu or tefillot keneged korbanot, which is the timidim. And if you say keneged avot, we understand Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov. And if you say timidim, there was a timid in the morning, that's sha'rit, and the afternoon is minha, and then all the fats and the leftovers, that's, that's arbit. Very good. Akhab Baruch used to say tefillot keneged avot tekenu that what does it mean? That you have some people that only come to shul when they have your site for their father. So they said, Tefilot, can they get avot When the father passed away, they come to shul for a week, and that's it, you know, you know that's it. Can they get avot That's it. They don't come anymore only when they have a yurt site. And I saw brought down in one of the, one of the books that uh, where did the Ashkenazim get the uh, terminology for prayer, davenin? Davenin. So he says, no, we're davenin. So he said, because it's the Aramaic of Avot, the Avanun, the Avunon, the Avunon is the fathers. So therefore they took the Aramaic of the Avunon, the fathers, and therefore they made a, a slang out of it, for the fathers, for the fathers. And it's very good, 
the Mepharshim say that it's appropriate why we mention the Avot in every Tefillah. After all, <laughs> Tefillah is connected to the Avot. So they ask the question, but according to the Mandamat Tefillah, connected to Midin, why is there no mention of the, uh, of the Kurban Tamid and the, the Amidah? I mean, we can't wait to mention when there's a Musaf. Every time there's a Musaf, we're going to source it. And, 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 and now we got a Qurban, which is a daily Qurban, mm-hmm. which every Sha'id is connected. Every and uh, don't ask me where we should mention it. Why is it not mentioned? Why is it not mentioned? The, the placement is a, is a technical question. What say, let's say, bring it back. Oh, yeah. bring it back. We don't mention Timidim over here. We say Israel Why should we mention? So I saw this the nice answers. The answer according to Lamdanut. Lamdanut answer I saw is like this. Because if you would put Tamid in the Amidah, you now have limited the function of how Amidah works. And we know, for example, that. A, um, uh, uh, a tefillah, for example, can have tashlumin. If, if, if I miss uh, uh, minha, for example, I could pray two arbits. Uh, whereas we know, when it comes to korbanon, if I miss yesterday's tamid, I can't bring two the next day. So therefore, if you're going to put tamid in the amidah, you're now... You, you, you might have You're limiting it to the rules of Quran, and it's not so. Because when it comes to Tifilat, for example, as well, we're allowed to pray Tifilat Nidaba. Jesus has to call Tifilat Nidaba. Allah Tamid is not in Nidaba. Allah Tamid is a Chobah. So therefore, by putting the Tamid in that Amidah, it would change the. And we hold like the Bihalan that says, Ulvaishi Palil Adam Kulayom. Kulo. You can pray all day long. So therefore, that's why it could be the Pisukim Anakri, because it's, it doesn't follow it exactly. Although the time of the Korban, mm-hmm. yes, the time of Tefillah follows the, the Tamid, but not some of the other laws. That's a, just a, a, a nice, a nice issue. Okay, now let's go further. So that's, that's the, the first item over there of the Korban, uh, of the Korban Tamid. Now let's go to the, next, uh, to, to the next item. The next item we have over here is some more Korbanot. We have, we have the Korbanot over here. Of Sukkot. Now, I'll tell you, I'll go, go, go to the end of the Perashat. It's, it's a Sukkot. Arishon, Arba Asar Yom Nahodesh, not Pesa, I'm sorry, that's Pesa, we don't want to talk about Pesa. Bahamisha Asar, go to Shibi'i. Bahamisha Asar Yom Nahodesh, Shibi'i, Mikra Kodesh, Yerachem, Komalechet, Avoda, Bahagotem, Otohag, Lashem, Shvachamim. Viklavtem. Now, what do you bring on Sukkot? Ola, Hishereach, Nehor, Lashem. First, you mean Korban Ola. And then Parim Bene Bakar, Shilosha Asar, Elim. And you bring Parim Bene Bakar, Parim, 13 of those. And then Kibasim Bene Shana, and then Kibasim, you bring 14. Umin Hatam, you bring the Minha, Solid, Benula, Bashemen, whatever it is. And then it says at the end, Usir Izim Mehad Hatat. You bring a Usir Izim Hatat. Besides the Qurban Olat Tamid that you bring that separate. So again, we have it. So you're bringing basically a Qurban uh, Ola. You're bringing some Minha. You're bringing some libation. And then you're bringing finally Sa'id Izim Had Hatat. Qurban Hatat. 
Yavante? We learned already in Parashat Tazriya, if you remember, it was based on the Gemara Zevachim, that although the Khatat is written at the end of the Korbanot, it's actually brought first. Got it? If I'm reading the Pesukim, I'm going to think that the Korban Hatat is brought at the end, last. I'll just remind you, when Mashi said over here in Parashat Tazriya, Perik Yudbet, it says, You take two turtle doves. So the she right away jumps and says, When you read it, you read Ola before Hatat. Why is that important? Why is that important? No, in other words, why is the order? Oh, so he says, Go look at Masechet Zebahim Daf Tzadik. I'm going to give you an answer over there. I'm going to give you a source. You might explain why. Why should we not done before the Olam? Uh, and, and if that's the case, why did the Torah write it backwards? Great questions. But I'm just discussing, that's the facts. So I saw something beautiful based on this. I saw something beautiful. I saw something beautiful. In the Tefillah, a lot of times of the Musafim, what do we say? In the Amidah, for example. It says, uh, Timidim kisidran, musafim kilchetan. We're bringing the timidim in order, and the musaf according to the halakha. And the question is what? Korban tamid, you don't do according to the halakha? Korban tamid, open, open, freelance, you know, as you want. But listen, when it comes to the musafim, but based on what this Kimaran said, it's very good. Timidin kisidran. It's according to the order that the Torah set out. But Musafim is not kisidran. Because Musafim, the Korban Hatan is written last, and you have to bring it first. That was Musafim kehil Khatan. According to the Gemara, not kisidran. They got the answer? That's it, very good. So therefore, that's a beautiful diuk in the uh, in the uh, in the sidur. Everything's meduyak. Timidi kisidran, because it follows the order. Musaf doesn't follow the order. There you have to know the halakha. Musafin kel khatam. The sair hatat comes before. Now the famous the famous gaon mevilna that we have to say in this week's parashah. We've said it over many times, but since we're in the sugya of the korbanot. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll say it and we'll, we'll throw it in as well. We know that the Korbanot on Sukkot, which is right around the corner, we know that there were 70 parim, 70 bulls. Sukkot? Sukkot. Sukkot What do you mean Sukkot itself? You're saying 70 on Sukkot? Yeah, every day. I mean, the first day was... 13, 12. Uh, 13, 12. Yeah, they, yeah. Exactly. they went to go down. Yeah. Exactly. That's a lot of bulls. Oh, so why? So we know because Kenege the 70 Umot HaOlam. The 70 Umot And the Gemara says, if the Gleam would have known how much we pray for their welfare, yes. they wouldn't have destroyed the Beit HaMikdash. They think that we're bringing Korbanot only to protect us. us. But they don't realize we need a world. Who's going to build the Verizon Bridge for us? Who's going to, who's going to clean the sewers? Who's going to take care of the... Uh, yeah, all the other the, the, the maintenance stuff that we need. We need it. I got to go to a plumber. Where are you going to go? The, 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 you, need, you need service. So therefore, we pray for the welfare of the nations of the world, and that's in the 70 panim. So the government of Vilna said, 
And we know from Kabbalah that basically the United Nations is divided into two countries. The countries of the East and the countries of the West. East-West. The countries of the West, we refer to the European nations. America is part of the European nations. Basically, it's NATO. And therefore, and who's on the other side? Arabs. They have their own, uh, you know, League of Nations. And basically, the Gaon, the Vilna, Prus, of the Zohar, you could divide all the 70 into one of two categories. Either they're from the nations of Esav, or from the nations of Yishmael. Ele barechev, he said, ve'ele basusim. Ele is what? Barechev. Rechev is the artillery, the military, barechev. And then, now that's the, that's Esau. They have the, the tanks. Ve'ele, how do they fight? Basusim. Basusim, they're on the... And he said that ele is alef lamidhe. They have Lamed here, 35, plus the Malach on top of them that controls them. So Ele, Aleph, Lamed here, Barechem. It's 35, Barechem. Ele is Aleph, Lamed here, Basusim. Ba'anachnu. Hashem, Hashem, we have God. Okay, so that's that. So he says, and we know, if you look at the Korbanot, if you have a Chumash, this is so amazing with the Gaon, figure it out. If you look at Sukkot, you'll notice. First day of Sukkot, we're just looking at the um, hatat. So the last pasuk of each day. On day one it says, Us'irizim ehat hatat. And you bring Us'irizim for hatat. On day two, same thing. Us'irizim ehat hatat. On day four, I skipped three, I understand. Go to four. Us'irizim ehat hatat. On day one, on day two, on day four it says Us'irizim. Go to day two. On day two it says, Us'ir, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, day three, day three, Us'ir Hatat. On all the other days, it says Us'ir, it does not say Sirizim. That means on day two, five, six, and seven, it just says the word Sirir. On day one, two, and four, it says Sirir, Izim. What's the difference? A goat is a goat is a goat. Says the Gaon, no, the Zora Kadosh, when it refers to Esab, Esab is called Sa'ir Stam. And Yishmael is called what? Sa'ir Izim. So he says, now we understand, very good. Because day one, how many korbanot did they bring? 13. Day two, how much did they bring? 12. That's how much? 25. On day four, how much did they bring? 10. That's 35. And therefore, there are 35 Se'ir Izims. Keneged Yishmael. Now do the math the other way. On day three is how much? 10. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 11. 9, day 6, 8, day 7, 7. How much is that? 24 plus 11, 35. So you see it works out perfectly. The Torah specifically chose the word Sa'ir and Sa'ir Izim strategically to hint the parim will be divided 35 and 35. Half of them can get the Sa'ir, which is Isab, and half of them can get the Sa'ir Izim, which is... 
ישמעאל. That is another beautiful piece that the Gaon of Vilna says. He says, one of the functions of the Beit HaMikdash was that we come and pray for the, we pray for the Goyim. Pray for the Goyim, it's an amazing thing. I don't think they pray for us in their uh, house. They pray for us to... In the mosque. Exactly, I don't think they're praying for us. But, but look at us, look at us. We're not, uh, we're not like that. We go into the bit, bit of God. We pray for the, for the world. We pray for everybody. We're not, we're not looking to make uh, trouble. We want everybody. As a matter of fact, in our Beit HaMikdash, we had a gallery where the nations of the world could visit. Today, try to go to the Temple Mount, see what they do to you. The, uh, which means we, we, our Beit HaMikdash was very hospitable to the uh, other nations of the world. We, didn't, uh, we weren't prejudiced in such a way. We prayed for them on the holidays. That's what they say as function. And do we have a mechord for this that we ever see a Jew praying for the welfare of Goyim? Abraham praying for Sidom. You see it right there. Abraham Abinu, when he sees that they're going to come and destroy Sidom, right away Abraham understands that part of the Abudah of Bnei Yisrael is what? Not only to pray for their own welfare, but to pray for the welfare of Goyim itself. And in that prayer, what does Abraham Abinu say? He comes to God and says, Please, God, I'm going to ask you one more time. And who am I to ask? Please, I am beseeching you. And I'm interrupting. But he says, I am dust and dirt. Says the Gaon. What did he come along and now mentioning how humble he is? He said, Because if you take the word Afar, Afar is Nashir, they want Ayin Par. That's connected to 70 Parim. And Efer is connected what? Aleph Par. And Abraham is saying, since there's a concept that Jews pray for the Goyim, where do we see they pray for Goyim? That the Aleph part prays for the Ayin part. I am following the rule of of the Beit HaMikdash. And therefore, I got to ask on, I got to ask on, say, no, that's a function of the Beit HaMikdash. Afar Ba'efer is hinting to us this concept of the Ayin part and the Aleph part. That the, the 70 part is prayed by the Aleph part. The Abraham says, I have every right to pray for Sidom. It is. Uh, Beautiful. That's nice. Is that? Uh, I'm giving us diamonds, Rob. I'm giving you good stuff, but they're, they're not appreciating it. They're not appreciating it. They're not appreciating it. They're not appreciating it. I know the guys will cut. I, really, I really wish they would have talked about Zimri. <laughs> I, know, I know how it is. I learned it already. But if I'm not going to talk about this, you'll never hear this, this part of the Pinochet. So you have, you have to be willing to, to jump to the, to the end. Now, in the remaining minutes, I'll say one more hadush. From the beginning of the parasha. From the beginning of the parasha. Watch, watch. From the beginning of the parasha. We cannot sit for close to an hour without bringing in the Meshach Chochmah into the, into, the, uh, into the story. So we have a, an amazing story here with Pinehas. And it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, really a... It's a mystery because he's called Pinehas ben Elazar ben Aharon a Kohen. But he wasn't a Kohen. He doesn't become a Kohen until 
he does this uh, zealotry. But hold on, hold on. If he's Pinehas, Ben Azar, Ben Aharon, a Kohen, I mean, as far as I remember, TJ, if your father's a Kohen and your grandfather's a Kohen, you're a Kohen. Unless your name is Pinehas. <laughs> because if you're Pinehas, for some reason, they boxed him out, and then he only gets Kehuna post facto, after he's got, I mean, everybody else, they have the X gene or the Y chromosome. You're a Kohen. Pinehas, poor guy, he's got to earn it. He's got to go out and kill two people. They go, all right, Pinehas. If I was Pinehas, I would have came along and said, hold it. I would go in anyway. No, you're not. And then she comes along and says, yeah, he was boxed out because when the kihuna was delivered, it was delivered to Aharon and to his children and to any future children that are going to be born. Pinehas was born already. So therefore, he is not part of the... He's not it's, 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 it's not grandfathered in, exactly. It's, Aaron, you're in. Bring your four sons. Now, whoever comes from here on in from your four sons will be Kohanim. He said, but wait, Elazar has a son, Pinehas. He's out. He's out. Uh, he's out. Now, by the way, very, very good reason, by the way. Because if he was a Kohen already, he wouldn't be able to kill the uh, them because he's yeah. Tamim So therefore, it works out, by the way. But the Olam kept him out so he could do the item and then nice Tamim he come back in. So it, it, it works out. It works out good that the Olam knows what he's doing. He's the only one that was not. Was was the only, only one. Only one. Say yes again. Only one. So now, the explanation <laughs> is... <laughs> no problem, I'm answering. I'll, I'll, I'll he, by the way, he chooses the city. He knows exactly yeah. what it means. He chooses the city. So now, oh, so I saw an unbelievable Meshech Chokmah over here this week. Meshech Chokmah brings a Gemara. And the Gemara is talking about a, a uh, Kohen that's a halal. Now those of us that are in uh, the Gemara, it's past long time, it's been talking about these guys for a long time, halalim. <laughs> what is halalim, basically? Halal is a kohen pasul. Let me say one example. Yeah, Mr. Kohen. He's definitely a kohen, he's got nothing to do. And he married a divorcee. Okay, he shouldn't have. He married a divorcee. He's living in sin. And he has now a son. That son... It's called Ben Girushah, the son of a divorcee. Again, his last name is Kohen. But he's called Kohen Halal because he was born from the sin of his father and therefore he's got a, he's got a problem. He's got a, but his status is still Kohen? Well, his name is Kohen. Forget his name. I forgot it. I forgot it. That's it. I forgot. No, no, what no, else? No. Give me more instructions. What else should I do? No. So now the question is like this. No. No, we're not, we're not in the store over here. Listen, I'm telling you now. So now he says like this. The question of the Gemara is, what's the deen if a Kohen halal serves? I don't know. Guy came in, he showed his license. Yeah, my name is Mr. Kohen, Mr. Tawil Me'eli. Okay, get one of those, Me'eli. Okay, he walks in. Now he walks in there, Tawil Me'eli. Oh, Me'eli, okay. I'm Abraham, I'm Mansur from Abraham Abinu. That's... Uh, <laughs> Of course, they can't wait to rub it into us. We know that trick. 
So now, what comes in, what comes in, what comes in, he serves. Then all of a sudden, the, the, the security comes in, the TSA guys come from the outside, say, hold on, we did it, we did a thing on the guy. He's a halal. With the background, check the guy's a halal. Does the service that he did count or not? Gemara says, halal, that worked, the avodah is keshera. No. Keshira implies with the Abad. And the Gemara brings two proofs. One is, from a pasuk in Zota Beracha, Barech Adonai Helo, that even the halal, Barech Hashem, Barech Hashem Helo, that even the halal, is Beracha. The second proof is from our Perasha. Let's go to our Perasha. Alper says in the beginning regarding this called Pinehas, when God gives him the Kiunah, it will be for him and his future descendants. descendants. Not only is he going to be a Kohen, Kohen is going to be with him forever. So the Gebaraz Doresh. Says that all. Does the Pasu give us a look between what type of Zaro? It doesn't. Comes the measure Ochma and asks, Where did Hakamim see, just because it says that all, that we're talking about Zera Pasu? I mean, Stam, when you read a pasuk, normally you assume we're talking about kosher people. How did the Gemara know that it's talking about pesulim? That's the Mishnah Gemara's question. This is your question, Adam. No? How do we know? So he says something so beautiful. He found an Ibn Ezra the Mishra. Ibn Ezra asks a question. Why wasn't Moshe fit to be a Kohen? Again, don't tell me what you heard because he complained. I mean, all the Midrashim. I'm talking about Ibn Ezra now. Why could it be good? He says, very simple. Because. <coughs> no, a Kohen who's divorced could serve. He doesn't become a, a, a halal. So he says, he says like this. He says like this. He says, beautiful. He says, after he got married, automatically he's got a problem. Because although he's a Kohen, let's say on his father's side is all, let's say, kosher, but on his mother's side, you have already Yitro, you have Goyim. So the Ibn Ezra says he wasn't kosher for Kehuna because his mother's side was not Miyuhas. And when it comes, go slow, what are you watching me over here? What does the guy want? So you have over here the Ibn Ezra, and I'll quote you the Ibn Ezra. He says, why? 
ופנס שבניו היו בני בת יתרו. They're from the, they're grandchildren of Yitro. Bat Yitro Sipora. Sorry, Mafi Yehus on the mother's side, you're out. Says the Meshech Ochmah. That until that point, before Parashat Pinehas, the rule was that if your mother's side is tainted, we look at it, and that's going to register you a psul for kehuna. The mother's side is factored. And that's why Moshe is invalid until you get the Parashat Pinehas. Comes Parashat Pinehas. You know why Pinehas was not a Kohen the Mezhik It's not because he was boxed out. He couldn't be a Kohen. His mother's side, his grandfather was who? Yitro. What was Yitro? That's she the first Parashat. That he fattened up, he gave a lot of uh, carb, carbs to, 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 to animals in order to fatten them up for Abu Dazara. So on Yitro's mother's side, he has the same psul as Moshe. 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 <laughs> he comes from Yitro. So now, by the way, El Azad and, 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 and the sons of Aaron don't. Aaron was married to who? Nachshon ben Aminadab's sister, Elisheva. Beautiful. <laughs> what kind of family is that? His father knows Amin Adab, phenomenal guy. So they were on our own side, he's kasher on both sides. But Pinehas, although on his paternal side he's related to Aaron, on his maternal side he has Yitro, and therefore he's out. Until the law changed. When did the law change, says Meshachokmah? In this week's Berasha, he kills somebody, and all of a sudden you see a new pasuk, as if, as if we didn't know this. What does the pasuk say? Pinehas ben Elazar ben Aharon hakohen. What is God saying? New, new rule. For now on, when we look at Kohanim, we only look at the father's side, wow. and we don't care about the mother. Wow. Before Parashat Pinehas, who was Pinehas? He was Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron Kohen, and Ben Siporah Bat Yitro. He had two lines. And because he had two lines, he's out. Now he comes and does this snooze. Kanaud, Borei Olam says, guess what? Mehadesh, a new law in Kehuna. Pinehas, Ben Elazar, Ben Aaron We dismiss the mother's side, and we only look at the... We go slow. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hadush. But for Yehus Kehuna, we look at the bar. Now, I might have said that that's only we made an exception for Pinehas. So the Pasuk says, What Zaro Aharav? That I don't care about the mother's side. Even though his mother, he's a ben gerusha, but bottom line, the father's a kohen. Even though he's a halal, but since the father's a kohen, so therefore he learns it from pinehas. Just like pinehas becomes accepted as a kohen, even though it was tainted on the mother's side. From here was mehadesh to hidush. The mother's side is not me'akev, a person to be a kohen. Therefore, his avodah is going to be indeed keshira, and therefore the pasuk is coming to say by talo uzar o that ma pinehas 
אין לו ייחוס מן העב כאשר אף זרוע חרב, אם לא יסגרו פגם על המודל סייד, זרוע חרב זה גורם כתבי כאשר. ברוך אדוני לעולם, אמן ואמן.